This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. You're listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. there and welcome to season 13 episode 552 i'm jack ward for david alt who is out with the no sleep podcast live tour and should be back with us next week very little time for introductions this week as we have two features for public domain universe candida and sawyer and it all happens right here on the sonic society we find candide the guileless long-suffering hero of our story handcuffed to a metal table receiving the good cop bad cop treatment in a U.S. Customs Interrogation Room in El Dorado, Texas. So just so we have this straight, you have no passport or ID at all. We're just supposed to take your word for it that you're a German exchange student crossing the border from Mexico in the middle of the night. You admit, Mr. Candide, to driving without a license in a car you, quote, borrowed from a dead man because you're a, what did he say? Going to see your boyfriend? Son, you better explain just exactly how you got here before you're in a world of trouble. Is he smiling? The hell are you smiling about? Candide was smiling because he could think of nothing simpler or more logical than the chain of wonderful causes and effects that led him here. The Public Domain Universe presents Candide, or Optimism. Written by Peter Luby, based on Candide by Voltaire, and who knows what else. Starring Sean Frombach as Candide, Timmy Mays as Pangloss, Peter Luby as the narrator, and Joey Castro, Anthony Bowen, Richie Lunsford, Noah Gavin, and Ben Fort. Chapter 1, The Most Dangerous of All Possible Games. Candide had been far more nervous six weeks ago, facing Mr. Pangloss's homeroom class at El Dorado High School for the first time. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I trust you all had an extraordinary weekend. Today is a very special day, class full with all the promise in the universe. Oh, wait! I'm trembling, just thinking about it. Class, how many of you have been to a foreign country? When Pangloss clarified that he did not count crossing the border into Mexico for a few hours, all the hands went down. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, today I have the pleasure of introducing you to our newest student at El Dorado. He's an exchange student from Germany, and I know we're all going to learn untold lessons from him about our world and ourselves. Meet your new classmate, Candy. Excuse me, it's Candide. Pardon me? I thought the D was silent. Candide? Would you like to say a few words to the class? Candide was nervous, but when he looked out at his new classmates, he saw one face that filled him with warmth and calm. His host brother, Quentin Jr. Wow, thank you. 
I'm Candide. I'm 15. I come from Westphalia, Germany, in a town near Dortmund, home of Borussia Dortmund Football Club. Uh, there are any Bundesliga fans here? <laughs> there were no Bundesliga fans in Mr. Pangloss's homeroom class. I'm just so excited to be in your great country. It's my first time to Texas and my first time to the U.S. Isn't that marvelous? I will be living with Quentin Jr. and his father for now until New Year's when I go home. It's a great opportunity for me, I think. Candy, you don't know how right you are about that because the universe has delivered you to the greatest high school in the greatest town. In the greatest state, in the greatest country, in the history of the world. Amen. This is the best of all possible worlds, is it not? Does anyone have any questions for Candy? He doesn't look German, he looks Mexican. So my family came from Germany, from Turkey, and they all look like me. Maybe y'all thought all Germans look like Heidi Klum and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Guess again. If he's German, how come he speaks English? He speaks German too, uh, and he speaks Turkish and some Arabic, right, Candide? Yeah, Quentin Jr., thank you. I think my English is my favorite, but I'm not very good. Quentin Jr. is also helping me practice. He's a wonderful teacher, I think. How come you're staying with Cube Jr.? They're poor. <laughs> Settle down, class. Cube Jr., tell us what it's like hosting this marvelous exchange student. Um, it, it's fun. Uh, we both like soccer. Uh, it's nice to have someone else around besides just my dad. Both Candide and Quentin Jr. had lost their mothers at a young age, and the boys felt an instant connection over their shared loss. So uh, that's another thing in common. We are both uh, like, I don't know what is the word, um, half-orphans, you see? Well, doesn't that just give you goosebumps? If that isn't a sign that, well, everything happens according to a providence beyond our understanding... Yeah, thank you. I agree. I think uh, already that this has been the happiest year of my life. Amen. Hey, okay. Amazing. Class. Let's lift our hearts to the universe and ask for a special blessing on Candy and all of us this school year. Holy force of goodness that created this perfect day in this perfect world and brought Candy to us. Let joy flow deep in us as we say thank you. Life's a perfect gift, wisdom and beauty infinite, in the best of all possible worlds, the best of all possible worlds. Amen. As far as Candide was concerned, life at El Dorado High was perfect, and Pangloss infinitely wise, and Q Jr. infinitely beautiful. In the weeks that followed, Candide couldn't keep straight which he loved most, his new home, his brilliant teacher, or his wonderful friend. At Pangloss's urging, Candide founded El Dorado's first German club. Candide and Q Jr. were thus far its only members. Candide joined the El Dorado soccer team. He was their tallest player by half a foot and linchpin of a stifling defense. And twice a week after school, Candide and Q Jr. would come by Pangloss's garage to jam Aerosmith covers, the best of all possible rock bands, according to Pangloss. From the top, boys. Two, three, four. But Candide's favorite part of the day by far was just before falling asleep when he and Q Jr. lay in their bunks and talked. 
Quentin Jr., I hear you turning over tonight. Something's on your mind, I think. I can't fall asleep. I, I keep thinking about that thing that Pangloss told us. Pangloss's lecture that afternoon expounded on the school cafeteria. Taco Tuesdays prove we live in a universe of boundless generosity. Not that, Candide. Something else nagged at Q Jr. Boys, I'm not certain what you saw, that is what you think you may have seen in the field house, but Tiffany, Miss Paquette, as the dance team instructor, Miss Paquette subjects her body to a tremendous amount of physical wear and tear. She slipped a disc in her back, you see, and required assistance to slip it back into place. And I had the wonderful fortune to be sufficiently knowledgeable and physically equipped to provide her with that assistance. Do you understand? Candide thought it was great providence that Frau Paquette had Air Pangloss to help her. Candide, no way he was helping her stretch. They were... humping. Candide did not know what humping meant. Neither did Q Jr. exactly, but he was pretty sure it was like sex. I don't think that's so. Uh, They were both pointing, like, the same way, you know? You can do it like that. (laughs) Do you just believe everything Pangloss says? Yes, I I think he's so intelligent, don't you? Well, of course, but he doesn't know everything. Candide thought that perhaps Pangloss did know everything. Quentin Jr., do you believe when he says that the universe brought me to Eldorado for a reason? Q Jr. could only nod his head ever so slightly. I wish you didn't have to go back to Germany in January. I wish you could just stay here. I wish that more than anything, Quentin. With that, Candide climbed out of the top bunk and into Q Jr.'s, where the boys assumed a position not unlike that of Pangloss and Miss Paquette in the field house. Candide fell asleep happier than he'd ever been, with the sweet breath of Q Jr. on his neck. What in the hot holy hell does this have to do with you crossing the border? Well, uh, Pingloss says that everything is created and happens for the best end. And I know that my best end is to be with Quentin Jr. and Pengloss. And this is why I'm crossing the border. Candida, how about you tell us how you wound up in Mexico? Okay, good. Uh, I'm at this part. I was woken up by Quentin Sr. Bastard! Interloper! Sodomite! Candide did not recognize the words Quentin Sr. was shouting as he was violently dragged out of bed, but he had some idea that they represented a condemnation. Dad, no, stop! Q Sr. did not stop. You stay put! Q Jr. did not stay put, following his father as he dragged Candide out of the house and into the passenger seat. When Candide looked up, he saw Q Jr. watching from the steps, his face red and wet with tears. Q Sr. and Candide drove in silence for the next two hours. Candide saw the ocean out the driver's side window, but all other landmarks and signs of life disappeared. The road finally came to a barricade, and Candide understood they were to proceed on foot. All right, so this is Quentin Sr.'s Jeep. You got the keys away from him somehow and then headed back through Matamoros? Oh, no. When I got out of the car, he drives away... I am just there crying and crying and looking at the water, and I wonder, what would Air Pangloss say? Something's like, look at the moon on the water, Candide. We live in a universe of endless beauty, do we not? So I lay down in the sand and ask the universe to show me the beauty in what is happening. That's awful, Candide. Yeah, thank you. 
It felt really awful. You must have wondered if you would ever see Quentin Jr. again. That is exactly what I'm thinking. Okay, okay, okay. Can we get back on track here? Where did you get the Jeep? That's the next part of the story. There's a sequence of events to it. In the morning, I see a truck driving on the beach. And when I am yelling and waving, they stop. Two men got down from the truck. The passenger began patting Candide all over, which he took for the customary greeting in Mexico. When he tried to return the gesture, Candide's arm was pinned behind his back, and he was made to eat a mouthful of sand. And so it's kind of repeating like this. You know, first I am thinking, I am saved. And then I am thinking, I am making them very angry. The drivers gave Candide a sandwich. Which is so tasty. But then they put a sack over his head and tied his hands behind his back. Riding over bumpy roads, Candide became violently carsick into the sack, which amused the men a great deal. Even I am laughing a little bit, but when it smells, they are very upset. I have to ride him back. Did they say where they were taking you? When the bag at last came off, it was dusk. Candide could see a beautiful villa with white walls and a red roof, surrounded by jungle. The door to the house was answered by the largest man Candide had ever seen, holding the largest gun Candide had ever seen. The giant stared at Candide for several moments. Hi, I'm Candide. I'm 15. I come from Westphalia, Germany, in a town near Dortmund. The giant pulled a thick roll of bills from his pocket, tore off three, and handed them to the driver. Candide did not have a chance to say goodbye to his saviors before the giant pulled him inside and closed the door between them. Oh, thank you, sir, for buying me? If you can help return me to Texas, perhaps I can repay you. The giant's only response was to lead Candide by the arm down a long hallway lined with mounted animal heads. They came upon two well-dressed men arguing at a long dinner table. You said, and I quote, I have created a new sensation. I have invented a new animal to hunt. More dangerous than the jaguar. More dangerous than the cape buffalo. I stand by what I said, Rainsford. You simply experienced a lesser prey. I assure you the next kill won't be so simple. Here's Ivan now. The men turned and stared expectantly at Candide. Hi, I'm Candide from Westphalia, Germany, an exchange student from El Dorado High School of Texas. Perhaps you can help me return there. Zaroff, this is exactly what I'm saying. Where's the sport in rounding up half-starved runaways, setting them loose in the jungle and shooting them in the back? Curse you, Rainsford. You lack all imagination. He's... Agile of body and of mind. Give me a week to mold him. I can turn any man into a deadly foe. Candide could not follow the meaning of their conversation, nor did he understand why the men were dressed in tuxedos here in the middle of the jungle. But Candide thanked the universe for delivering him to the door of men who appeared to have the means to reunite him with Q Jr. What if we hunted Ivan instead? Ivan! What do you say, you ugly brute? Of course he'd make a grotesque taxidermy. You have a savage sense of humor. Mark me. With my training, the boy will prove worthy game. Just so we get this clear on the tape, these men, the suit men, wanted to hunt you. Yes, you know. It took me so long to understand. Yeah, they made a a wager about me. Candide, my friend Rainsford from dinner. He is going to hunt you. And you have to stay alive for three days. Really? Now, that must sound very frightening, but I'm going to help you. 
If you should lose, Rainsford gets to hunt Ivan. Oh, that's too bad. Dreadful. Unimaginable. But if you win, I get to hunt Rainsford. If you do exactly as I say, you will not lose. For the next week, General Zaroff tried to impart to Candide everything he would need to know to survive. Wear these moccasins. If you leave a trail, Rainsford will sniff you out in minutes. Come on, Candy, do it to a lesser extent, do it for Do you know how to construct a Malay man catcher? Is this from Harry Potter? Curse you, Candide. Candide. So, so when you find yourself Candide. at this bypass, which way do you proceed? Left leads to the death swamp, you buffoon. Jab the gut, a slash the throat. You're the least dangerous game on the entire planet. Like your life depends on it. Jab the gut, slash the throat. Do you really think I can win the game, General? Zaroff didn't exactly answer Candide. Instead, he mumbled to himself about Rainsford going double or nothing. Candide received a head start at sundown, but in the dark he lost the trail after only half an hour. Nothing looked familiar until finally he found himself in a clearing, face to face with the villa where he started. Candide! Curse you! What are you doing back here? I'm doubling back my trail, like you said, and suddenly I I don't know I was back here. Imbecile! Get in the jeep! Stay down under the seat! Don't move until I come and get you! Okay, I will. uh, I'm I'm sorry, I'm... Oh, hell, Candide! You basically tapped him on the shoulder and said, What's up, Doc? Well, this is the amazing thing. At first, I am miserable and very scared. But then the day passes and he doesn't find me. I did pee my pants, unfortunately, but... Then another day passes, and another, and Rainford never is thinking to look in the car. So you won the game, Candide. Well, he didn't win the game. He cheated. This is exactly the argument that Rainsford and Zaroff have. You think you can cheat me, you Cossack bastard? As Rainsford choked the life from General Zaroff, Candide was unsure whether to intervene. In truth, he did not feel he had won the game fairly, but he also wondered if the universe had guided him back to the villa for his own protection. He wished Pangloss was there to guide him through this crisis, and as this thought crossed his mind, Ivan charged into view and swung a machete that lodged perfectly in Rainsford's skull, staying at a 45-degree angle as he slumped down in the dirt and blood. And I'm very, very afraid, but Ivan doesn't even look at me. He goes into the house, and when he comes back, he gives me the keys to the jeep and some money. Money? What money exactly? Yeah, uh, big rolls of notes, uh, like the most money I have ever seen. I think maybe like uh, $10,000. $10,000? You know, Candide, it's a pretty serious violation of United States law to pass through customs carrying that much cash. Very serious. The six miles on foot from the border to Q Jr.'s house passed to Candide as if in a dream. He was lost in delight, contemplating the many extraordinary coincidences set to reunite him with his love. 
last but not least, that the customs agents had allowed him to proceed with a warning and a hundred dollars. That's the uh, maximum legal limit of cash you can bring into Texas. What else but the intrinsic goodness of the universe could have led him here, now, under Q Jr.'s window? Quinton, meow, meow. It's Candide. Who's there? Candide was overjoyed by what he saw rising from the garbage cans. Pangloss? Pangloss, is is it really you? Candy? Hallelujah. Universe, you've done it again. Pangloss, what happened? Why are you here with the garbage? Well, Candy, since you have been away, I've become something of a persona non grata around these parts. What does that mean, Air Pangloss? Pangloss explained that he had been cast out of the halls of El Dorado High School, evicted and banished from Palmas Hermosa's apartments, and threatened upon pain of beating never to return to the Applebee's on Highway 48. I'm so sorry. You know, in Mexico, this man tried to hunt me. But reunited, Candy. This is a sign. The world of possibilities is thrown open to us again. I would love to help you, my teacher, but we first... We go anywhere. Start our lives over. And Pinklos, I must see Quentin Jr. Q Jr.? Of course. That's why I'm outside his window in the middle of the night. But he's not here. Candy? Where did he go? Pangloss was utterly perplexed by the question, until he remembered that Candide would have no way of knowing. I guess you didn't hear. Candy. Q Jr. is dead. Two. Three. Four. My sincerest apologies. Rainsford and Zarif are not from Candide by Voltaire. I assure you, I will get to the bottom of this. Candide Chapter 1 was directed by Sean Frombach, written by Peter Luby and edited by Ben Fort. PDU theme song is by Youngweather, logo by Saria Almadani, Best of All Possible Worlds, and Fight Montage by Peter Luby, Dream On Cover by Ben Fort. Being a public domain podcast, we use publicly available sound effects from freesound.org. If you liked this, we have Twitter and Facebook under PDU Pod. Subscribe, tell your friends digitally or analogly, and we'll see you for next week's Public Domain Universe. Thomas? Yes, Aunt Polly? I just got off the phone with Mr. Morris at the pawn shop. He says you came by. Yes, ma'am. I was there to spend my hard-earned money from painting the fence. He says you tried to trade 15 Xbox games. Is that true? Yes, ma'am. 
I didn't know you owned 15 Xbox games. I'm sorry. I owned 15 Xbox games. Do you own an Xbox? No, ma'am. Thomas, did you steal someone's Xbox games? Aunt Polly, why stealing's wrong? I'm hurt that you could think I would do something like that. Then how did you get these Xbox games? And do not lie to me. Well, I was painting the fence just like you asked me to. The Public Domain Universe presents Sawyer. Written by Ben Fort, based on characters and situations from The Adventures of Tom Sawyer by Mark Twain. And who knows what else? Starring Noah Gavin as Tom Sawyer, Timmy Mays as Huck Finn, and Christy Waltz, Peyton Forrest, Sean Frombach, Anthony Bowling, and Thomas Blunzer. Chapter 1, The Guinness World Record. Come in, Puma. Puma, do you read? Roger Bass, we need you to blow up that terrorist. Roger Bass. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. Great job, Puma. You saved us from that terrorist. Tom... Tom? Uh, permission to do a flip, sir. Go ahead. You deserve it. Hey, Tom. I- I'm an F-35 fighter. I'm the fastest jet in the world, and I'm invisible. Pew, pew, pew! Pew, 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 pew. Tom, I-, I-, I said I'm invisible. Oh, hey there, Ben Rogers. I did not see you. I'm invisible. <sighs> 48 seconds. So close. To what? The world record for fence painting. There's no world record for fence painting. Uh-huh. It's 10 pickets in 25 seconds, and it's in the Guinness Book of World Records. Can't anyone just say they got a record? If it's in the book, it's been verified. Say, Ben, will you verify my record? And watch you work? No, I'm a good swimming. Suit yourself. I'll find someone else to split the prize money with. Prize money? It's at least $100. Uh, 25 seconds? For the whole process. You have to open the can, paint 10 pickets, close the can, and you can't get a drop on the sidewalk. I want to try. You just want the record for yourself. You're not even close. I was at a minute 12 when I started. Now, are you going to verify me or not? I'll let you play Halo. You know, I'd like to. I really would. But just look at this fence. I only have six more chances. I'll let you borrow Halo. I'd have to wait until the fall to try again. I'll give it to you. I'll give you Halo. But I get two tries. And a practice one. Will you verify me, Tom? I'll need a watch. Here. Here's mine. Well, if it ain't Tom Sawyer. Alfred Temple. What the heck is Ben doing? Going for the world record. The Guinness record. Gotta close the can. Can't be that hard. You can't spoon a drop. Done. 52 seconds. Huh. 52 seconds? I can beat that. World record's 25. The Guinness world record. Give me a turn. It's my turn next. Then I'm going again. And I'm gonna verify him. And then there's only three more chances and I'll be taking those. It just doesn't count after the third coat. Please. I'll let you play on my iPad. Surrender, Black Avenger, or it is 
I, Huck Finn the Red-Handed. I will not surrender. Then draw your sword. Cutlass. Then draw your cutlass. Avast. Yo-ho. Starboard. That was a clean hit. You gotta fall. Alas, cruel world, ye not had room for Tom Sawyer, black adventure of the Spanish main. Okay, what's wrong? I'm dead. You never fall. I don't know, Huck. Something Aunt Polly said. If I don't change my ways, I'll be a criminal. But you gave back the games. And the iPad, and she didn't even know about that. I want to be a proper civilian, I do. But there's all these rules, and no one tells you what they are until you break them. They say if you work hard, you can buy stuff. And so I worked hard to get those games, and then they say, no, not like that. I wish there were more options, but it's just proper civilian or criminal, and I don't want to go to jail. There's got to be more than that. I don't know. You're either in jail or you're not. But if your family's not already respectable, then you got to work twice as hard. Like, like, like Becky Thatcher. Her dad is a county judge. Everyone assumes she'll be proper, but you and me... They don't think we'll turn out. What about Robin Hood? He's a criminal and one of the best men who ever lived. He wasn't no criminal. He was an outlaw. What's the difference? Outlaws have a code. Had one. I think they went extinct. You would have made a good outlaw. So would you. I'd rather be an outlaw than a president any day. But I'll figure out something. I'll make it work. Hey, Huck. Yep? Why you got a dead cat? You care my warts? Why don't you just use spunk water? Because Alfred Temple tried spunk water and it didn't work. Well, of course it didn't work because he told you about it. You gotta go by yourself to a spunk water stump in the middle of the woods and right at midnight you back up against the stump and you jam your hand in and you say barley corn, barley corn, engine meal shorts, spunk water, spunk water, swallow these warts. And then walk away 11 steps, but with your eyes shut, and then you turn around three times, and you walk home without speaking to no one. Because if you speak, the charm's busted. That's a lot of room for error. What's the cat method? Why, you take your cat and go to a graveyard about midnight when somebody's been buried. Somebody wicked. And at midnight, a devil will come, or maybe two or three, but you can't see him. You can only hear something like the wind, or maybe hear them talk. And when they're taking that feller away, you throw your cat after him to say, Devil follow corpse, cat follow devil. Warts follow cat, I'm done with ye. That'll get any wart. You ever tried it? No, but I'm going tomorrow night. I reckon they'll come after old Hoss Williams. But they buried him today. Devils take Sunday off. Oh, of course. You Oh, come on. You know I want to, but I'm giving respectability a try. And respectable boys, they don't sneak out at night. That's honorable. I gotta head back. See you at school? Probably not. Oh, Tom, I love watching you draw. Come on, Becky. I mean it. You might be the best drawer in the whole junior high. Hey, Tom, come sit with us. We're trying to get the Guinness World Record for holding your breath. I'll come and beat you tomorrow. Suit yourself. You can go sit with them. I want to sit with you. Here you go. It's a house of some flowers. Oh, I love it so much. Can you draw me something else? Oh, I can draw all sorts of things. Here's what I've been working on. It's a rat. Ugh, I hate rats. Well, I do too. Live ones, at least. 
But look, this one's got a hat. Oh, I like him now. Oh, Tom, you can even make a rat look nice. You should be an artist. You think so? Of course. Would that be respectable? What would your dad think about it on account of him being a judge and all? Daddy says you can do whatever you want as long as you have a real job. Why, you could be a lawyer who likes to draw. Daddy would find that respectable. You think I could be a lawyer? I don't see why not. Say, Becky, was you ever engaged? Like, engaged to be married? Yeah. No. Would you like to? Isn't that for older folks? Like, 20? We could promise to be engaged. It's just as good. But that way you can wait until you're 20. I don't know, Tom. When we come or go to school, you'll walk with me and we can go together at parties. That does sound nice. All you gotta do is promise not to marry anyone else ever. You'll be a lawyer? Who likes to draw. Okay. Yes. I'll start. I'll whisper it in your ear. Becky Thatcher, I promise to be engaged to you. Tom Sawyer, I promise to be engaged to you. I feel different already. Oh, it's the best. Well, me and Amy Lawrence, I mean, I heard that Amy Lawrence... Tom, I'm not your first promise to be engaged? (laughs) Oh, no, Becky, don't cry. I don't care for her anymore. Yes, you do, Tom. You know you do. I don't care for anyone but you. (laughs) Becky, Becky, won't you say something... Here, you see this? You see this? It's a necklace with a little heart. I bought it just for you with my raking money. For this occasion. Oh, come on, Becky. I don't want anything from you. (laughs) Tom! Why do you run? Come back, Tom! I didn't do nothing to her. I meant the best in the world, and she treats me like a dog. She'll be sorry someday, maybe when it's too late. What if they brought me home dead from the river, with my curls all wet, my poor hands still forever, and my sore heart at rest? Why, she'd throw herself on me, and her tears would fall like rain. What if I just just disappeared? What if I went away in the unknown countries and beyond the seas and never came back? How would you feel then, huh? Who are you talking to? I'm in, Huck, for the graveyard. I'll come get you, but you got meow back. Last time, your neighbor threw rocks at me. My aunt was watching, but I'll swear I'll meow. I need to get back to school. Go on, then. I'll see you tonight. (sighs) Sometimes I envy the dead. Must be peaceful to lie and slumber and dream forever and ever, with the wind whispering through the trees and the grass and the flowers on your grave. Nothing to bother you or grieve about ever again. You think Hoss Williams hears us talking? Of course he does. At least his spirit does. I wish I'd said Mr. Williams. I mean, I didn't mean any harm. Everybody just called him Hoss. What? Spirits are coming. I got the cat. Where are they? Behind the tree? In the tree. Huh? That's a giant. Wish I hadn't come. You said that spirits were invisible. That's what Mother Hopkins told you. trusted a witch. We're goners. It's not coming for us. He's scary.
something. It must be Mr. William's spirit. It looks like a small person. That spirit's moving. It's, it's talking. Hello, boy. Be quiet, or I'll kill you. Huck? I do not intend to hurt you. Listen to me. Let me go, or I'll tell my dad. You will never see your father again. Should we help? You must come with me. Do you understand, boy? Run on three. They'll find me. I'm a Frankenstein. What? Frankenstein? Huck. Then you belong to my enemy, Two. to whom I swore revenge. Three. That thing, it was ten feet tall. I don't know. His skin was yellow. He had scars. Was that a devil? Was that a giant? Was it a giant devil? I don't know, Tom. But we can't tell anyone. Should we go back and help? You want to die too? Well, no, but... I swear you'll never tell. I swear I'll never tell. I swear. This needs a blood oath. I am so sorry. That giant devil and little boy are not from the adventures of Tom Sawyer. I'll look into it and let you know where they're from. Sawyer Chapter 1 was directed by Sean Frombeck and written and edited by Ben Fort. PDU theme song is by Young Weather, logo by Saria Almadani. Graveyard theme and harmonica by Ben Fort. Being a public domain podcast, we used publicly available music and sound effects. This song right here is String Quartet No. 2 by Sergei Rachmaninoff, performed by Steve's Bedroom Band, which we found at museopen.org. Our sound effects are from freesound.org, and you can check out the full list of credits on our website, publicdomainuniverse.com. If you liked this, we have Twitter and Facebook under PDUPod. Subscribe, tell your friends digitally or analogly, and we'll see you for next week's Public Domain Universe. Thanks so much for listening this evening. Hope to see you back in a couple of days for another Sonic Echo with me and the Amigos. And of course, next week for more Sonic Society. For David Alt and myself and everyone here in the Sonic Society, take care of yourselves and good night. Sonic Society is written and produced weekly by Jack J. Ward and David Alt, with original music by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews, and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators, 
and provided to the Sonic Society by Creative Commons Licensing. The Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Thanks for listening. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. Are you in the mood for a good laugh? <laughs> or maybe a good scream? How about some childlike wonder? Or a thought-provoking mystery? Then get your ears ready for a treat, because the Mutual Audio Drama Network presents shows every day for your enjoyment. Each day is a different genre featuring the talents of a huge pool of audio drama masters. Oh, and some clever comedy creators as well. <laughs> Subscribe to the Mutual feed and get them all, or choose the genres you really love. Ooh. You'll find the Mutual Audio Network at all your favorite places, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, EarBuddies, Podcast-O-Rama, Casting Call, Codpast, and wherever quality shows are found. Okay, I made a few of those up. Or simply go online to MutualAudioNetwork.com. And of course, it's all free. free. The Mutual Audio Drama Network. Listen and imagine together. Maintaining social distancing, of course.